into A to Z Sports Primetime on a Monday night. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is the place that you go for the best car buying experience humanly possible. They're the best in the business at Two Rivers Ford. They have been since 1983. TwoRiversFord.com is where you go. Superbook Sports, not only the Superbook Sports studio, but Superbook Sports in the app lines up for every NFL game for the rest of the regular season right now. And their first bet, your first bet, they'll match up to $1,000, whether it wins or loses. Gary Ashton and the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators. The best in the business is the Ashton team at GaryAshton.com. So uh, a lot of interesting stuff kind of playing out. And I think we're getting the best possible sample size of roles that we think will be roles that we thought were open and that were open at the start of training camp. And I think those are starting to materialize in real ways. So in on one hand, when you look at the different positions that we all came into training camp talking about and thinking about wide receiver, we're certainly run one with a lot of new pieces and parts. You talked about the offensive tackle position, specifically right tackle, the left guard spot that Aaron Brewer now occupies and outside corner really being the only predominant thing on defense. So when you went through camp the last couple of weeks, it's three weeks away now from the regular season, basically, before the Giants end up coming to Nashville for the September 11th opener. You look at the situation and and kind of ask yourself, okay, where are we now? Where are we now? Two two preseason games done, one left to go. You've probably figured out who's going to make the roster for the most part, but you still want to see some snaps from players while you've got them. Uh, you'll cut down from 85 to 80 by tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time and then go from 80 to 53, which is obviously the vastly bigger cut next Tuesday as well. With all the different stuff, uh, with all the different stuff that kind of starts to circulate around right now, the question becomes, I think, pretty interesting. Which spot is still being uh, is still open for competition on the Tennessee Titans roster, or which roster, which uh, position do you think has the best competition right now in training camp? Let me know. We'll talk about it together. I'll give you my opinion on this here in just a second. It's your Two Rivers Ford take. Which roster spot do you think has the best competition right now? We're going to talk about it together. Uh, and while you give me your answer, I will tell you about the people who make this possible. That's Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford, no matter how you like to shop, Two Rivers Ford has you covered. They are going to put you in the best possible position for your family's budget and your needs. They are the one-stop shop for things like the Ford Bronco, the all-electric Mustang Mach-E, the 2022 Ford Explorer, and so many new and certified pre-owned vehicles. One of the state's largest selection and a non-commissioned sales staff that will make sure you feel zero pressure throughout the course of the car buying experience. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So the best roster competition or what is the biggest roster competition in Titans training camp right now? August the 22nd, Monday, 
This is camp day that we've just finished, camp day 16. I believe we are 16 days, like 16 practices into training camp. So where is the biggest competition right now? Frank Hickerson on Facebook Live says running backs, which is, of course, nonsense because we know who the primary running backs for this football team are going to be. Although I do like the group as a whole, uh, Frank. I, I Maybe I see what you're doing there, but that's not that's not necessarily what I'm looking at. Uh, Jared said, I thought you said the strongest position. No, I mean the best roster, best competition on the roster right now. Which position group? Nick R. Johnson says wide receiver. Uh, I, I think most people have their roles assigned at that spot. When you look at Robert Woods, so who would I say your two best wide receivers are right now? I would say Robert Woods and Nick Westbrook-Akina would still be one, one and two. I would say, though, that Kyle Phillips is, I mean, really, really making an argument to be the second best or second most able wide receiver on the roster. Now, I think there's a lot of things that Kyle still has yet to learn, and I don't want to place a bunch of unfair expectations on him. But the dude's a stud, and we're going to talk about him a little later in the show. But uh, I think for the most part, you have your your wide receivers kind of figured out. Now, with Racy and Dez, who fill out the last two, that is interesting. So from that standpoint, I think wide receiver is a is a good nominee. Um, but would you uh, – Philan says, would you rush Woods out there right now? Would I rush him? He's, there's been 16 practices. He's been in every one. Right. What do you mean rushing him? He's out there. He's been out there since uh, mandatory minicamp. There's nothing rushed about it. He's just physically available any, every day. So, yeah, would I put him out there? Sure, because he's clearly fine. I mean, he's not being bothered at all. It's not like uh, – it's, it's, not, it's not a rush if he's healthy. And he appears to be healthy, and he appears to be completely responding fine. So where is the best roster competition? Well, I think that when you look at a variety of different uh, at a variety of different positions, you could have said different ones at certain points. Wide receiver is probably where the best competition is right now because I think at least for the offensive line, I think we pretty much know who the starters are going to be. Uh, I asked Nicholas uh, for about just the versatility, playing left side and right side. And he said, you can't have any complications. It's the NFL. How impressed have you been with him just with how he's able to you know, work at both of those positions? Well, I mean, I think that that's um, something that we're always looking for is that you have some versatility and uh, flexibility to, to play more than one position. Um, Nick's shown that. And then there's been some other guys that, you know, young guys that have been able to do that. Um, you know, Rogers you know, doing that as well. Chigs, you know, learning the multiple positions of the tight end, you know, responsibilities. And similar for lines, Dylan. Uh, Dylan kind of in a situation where you able to use his versatility to get him some work at guard and all. Yeah, yep, just trying to shuffle guys around. Just really just trying to shuffle guys around and see, you know, we've got had some guys out um, and just trying to figure out where, where guys are going to be best served for themselves and for us. So that was um... – that was Mike Vrabel at practice today because NPF, Nicholas Petit Frere, got all the first team right tackle reps. They had a couple guys miss practice, and I wrote about this for AtoZSports.com. Um, they had a couple, a couple guys miss practice, so Nate Davis, Christian DeLauro. Uh, I did not see Jamarco Jones practicing today. So Mike Vrabel said they were shuffling some things up, and they did. 
The thing that they shuffled up, though, today, after the second preseason game, after three weeks, four weeks, uh, a little longer now of training camp, what they are not shuffling is Nick Petit-Frere at right tackle. What they did shuffle is, for the first time at any point in training camp, Dylan Radens worked almost exclusively on the interior. No, he did work exclusively on the interior. I didn't see him take a rep at tackle today. So as far as where the competition lies, I think the competition at right tackle is largely over. Now, I don't think that that like today, like Mike Vrabel is not going to say today that it's done. It's Nick Petit for his job. He probably won't officially acknowledge that that's a thing until week one and we see who actually takes the field and plays the vast majority of reps with the starters. There will probably, you know, Mike, Mike will not, Mike will probably not budge on that. There's not necessarily a need for him to. But I think when you look at the way that today they put NPF on the Malik Willis plan, when I say the Malik Willis plan, I mean the idea that he's coming in and he's going to get the he's going to get the bulk of the reps cuz we know we need this guy sooner. We know this guy is closer to be able to giving us what we want. We need this guy to get more reps. So what do you do? You take reps away from Logan Woodside, give him to Malik Willis. Malik Willis starts to develop. What do you do with the right tackle situation? Well, you take the reps from Dylan Radens. You give him to Nick Petit-Frere. You see if Dylan Radens can play another position and help you somewhere else. But you probably have your offensive line set because he's not going to knock out Aaron Brewer of the left guard spot right now. So I think the competition for the starting offensive line, I think we're basically there. Um, now. Again, three weeks away, basically, until the Titans and the Giants play. What could change over the course of three weeks? Uh, some things, but what doesn't seem to be changing is Dylan Radens and his ability to hang on to this spot. In fact, I think I don't think I don't think that Nick Petit Frere has shown us crazy ability that would dictate that he wins this job. I think it's more a case of well, Nick Petit Frere has been willing; he's been coachable. He's still not ready, but Dylan Radens isn't doing a good enough job to keep that spot. So it's still generally a concern. I think we now have a more concrete answer, but I don't think it's necessarily, I, I don't think Petit Frere right now is necessarily a good option. It's just the best of the options that you have right now. Adam Cruz says, is Molden back practicing? Uh, he did practice today, but it was very, very light. Like they didn't wear pads or anything like that. Um, they did a couple of drills, but uh, Molden Molden did practice today. Uh, Colts, please cut Kelly so we can grab him ASAP. Talking about Dennis Kelly, I don't think Dennis is coming back here. I don't think that you know. I mean, listen, if he if he was looking for a job and he said okay, and this was the only place that was offering him a job, maybe. But I don't necessarily think he wants to he wants to come back at this point. Demario says, "What's up with Danico Autry? Is he injured? Um, he's working through something because he hadn't practiced." At all. I mean, he has practiced, I think, one day in training camp. But, like, outside of outside of that, uh, I haven't seen Danico Autry participate in practice at any point. Um, At any point, I think, in the last three weeks, at least. Like, it's been a considerable amount of time. So, he's clearly working through something um, at this point. So, where the best roster competition lies, wide receiver looks like it, it like it's still the spot. I think corner is still pretty intriguing, but I think that outside corner spot, if Elijah Molden's healthy to play in the nickel, I think Roger McCreary is your starting outside corner 
over Caleb Farley, which I think I've been, we've been talking to you guys about for a while that things might be trending that way. Anyway, let's talk about rookies that are going to play for the Titans this year. that are going to start for the Titans this year. Now, I know I've told you that starters are, are kind of more fluid than they sound, just the general term, because it's literally who trots out for the opening snap of the offensive possession in every game that is ruled starter, right? That's how the team designates them. So, you know, if they come out in three wide receivers, then there's three wide receivers that start. If they come out in two tight ends, then there's two tight ends that start. It's just that's the kind of stuff that you have to keep in mind. But I do think that there's the opportunity for a couple of different rookies to play for this offense this year, um, and I think to contribute in meaningful ways. So I think which Titans rookies do you think will start in week one is the question. Which Titans rookies do you think will start in week one? Let me know in the comments section. We'll talk about it together. You give me your nominees. I'll give you one I certainly know who's going to, if not start, play considerable snaps right out the gate. Which Titans rookies do you think will start for this team against the Giants on September 11th? And while you guys give me your nominees, I will tell you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and the man with the Intel Edge. Gary can get you the best intel as you uh, go around looking for a property in this red-hot Nashville real estate market or as you look to sell your home. Sell for more with the Intel Edge that the Gary Ashton team can provide. They are the best. They live in the community. They work for the community. They're great local partners of many different elements of the community, like the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and one of the biggest donation sources for the Children's Miracle Network is the Ashton team. So trust the best, trust the team that your favorite teams trust. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So which rookies do you think start for the Titans in week one? Brian says probably Chig because we're most definitely coming out in a two at tight end set. I think that's a pretty safe bet, Brian. Adam Cruz says if both Phillips and Burks start, Phillips in the slot, do you think who do you think ends up with a more productive season? I don't think Burks is um I I don't I think Burks is probably who let's see. I mean, he's top four for sure, but I think he's clearly behind. Westbrook, Woods, and Phillips at this point. So I don't necessarily think that like he's gonna play, but I don't think that I'm I'm it's I think it's clearly Phillips at this point. Phillips provided that, he, that they both stay healthy. I think that Phillips ends up being a far more productive player for them right out of the gate. And then we'll see how Burks comes along. Burps, Burks, Burps, Burks, Phillips, Phillips, and McCreary says Whiskey Malone on face, or rather on YouTube. Uh, so Traylon Burks, probably not. Kyle Phillips, yes. Roger McCreary, I think so, but we'll see. Um, if Molden isn't, I think I think McCreary's on the field as a starter week one, no matter what. Like, I think McCreary's out there. If Molden's not healthy, then McCreary's in the, in the nickel. If uh, Molden is healthy and he's in the nickel, then McCreary's on the outside opposite Fulton. I really think this dude is gonna is gonna play considerable reps. Brian says uh, Burks is our number one. Of course, he's not right now. He's your number four right now. Um, if you were ranking them, that's not necessarily how they judge it because they uh, they account for 
what X and Z receiver slot uh, is a different position. And they asked them to know all three of those. Why, of course, is the tight end. Um, but Burks would fall as the, so let's see, Woods and Westbrook Aquina. So Burks would be third behind them for outside receivers. And fourth, I think, in total, because Phillips is a more useful player right now. And we'll see what happens with Burks when he plays with Ryan Tannehill in, in actual game action. It'll look different than Logan Woodside not being able to hit him on wide open plays down the field. Like Burks is going to make plays. It's not a it's not a concern. It's just like, no, he's not your number one right now. He's he may be at some point, but he's not ready yet. And that's okay. Like he can still play. I'm not worried about him playing. In fact, I think. And I talked about this on the radio today. They're playing him a lot in these preseason games because they're trying to test his conditioning. They're trying to see how long, how much they can get out of him down the stretch when conditioning has been such a big part of the conversation around him. That's why he's playing into the fourth quarter, which I saw some people freaking out about on Twitter. Uh, I think that there's a there's a couple of reasons why that's happening, but to see how long he can last and how long before his technique starts to break down and where they kind of need to work with him in certain spots, that's the thing that makes the most sense. Um, Charles Coleman says, dang, so the fir first round pick is fourth? Yeah, like, it's okay, though. Like, I mean, sure, you want him to be Julio Jones the first year that you draft him, but, like, that's not realistic. It's not the reality of the situation. It's fine. They're going to run the football and they're not going to have like heavy volume passing anyway. So, you know, it may be that he goes crazy one week and then he's quiet for the next couple of weeks. It may be that they have him in certain personnel packages and don't have him in others. Like, I just, I don't think it's any reason to get bent out of shape just because there's three other, uh, there's three other players that can give the offense more right now. It doesn't, again, it doesn't mean that he can't be productive. It just means that he's not ahead of those other three guys. One of them is a 10-year vet. The other one's been in the league and on the same team and in the same offense for the last four. And the other one's just a really, really, a really, really nice and nuanced, refined player for a rookie in Kyle Phillips. Burks isn't that kind of refined yet, but he's got all the physical gifts in the world. It's just not... the First round potential doesn't mean first round or doesn't mean instant impact game breaker. Like not everybody's Justin Jefferson. Surprise, breaking news. Not everybody is Jamar Chase. You can have a good player uh, for a long time for your franchise and him not be the greatest thing, uh, not be the greatest thing in the world right away. Like it's just, all right, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Um, all right. So I think that Phillips... Kyle Phillips, for sure, though, that's that's the player who I think is going to be the most uh, the most integral part of what they're doing in this rookie class. Of course, I think Nick petit Frere is also going to start, but I think Kyle Phillips is going to give him a lot. Professor, uh, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on it, how it came about, how you feel about it, and whether or not you think it's it's fitting for you. Yeah, and I, I think it's you know, it's a funny nickname uh, came about just in meetings. You know, I was... Uh, answering the questions correctly. Um, I feel like I was doing the right thing. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much how I got the nickname. And you know, I'll take it. It's, it's nothing bad, it's all good, so. Kyle, so having like a nickname like the professor, you almost take it like a, a compliment, right? Cause you know, you're able to answer all the questions. You, you, you're a rookie kind of making all these, you know, impressions on the team for the first time. Does that kind of make you feel good that 
uh, your, your position coach says that about you? Yeah, it definitely makes me feel good, but uh, you know, it also puts a little bit of target on my back in the beef. You know, sometimes he'll throw some short questions out there trying to catch me, and uh, when he does, you know, he doesn't let me live it down. So it's, it goes both ways. So that is Kyle Phillips, nicknamed the Professor. He's going to play a lot for this team, um, and and in a variety of different ways. He'll certainly be their primary punt returner, it would seem. Um, and I think he's going to be, you know, this dude is as like as Greg Cosell once told me, he's going to roll out of bed and play the slot. Like he's just really, really good at this point. And we'll see how everything else around him comes around. And I think there'll be some moments where there's clear and obvious growing pains and. For the most part, I think he's going to be fine. Let's wrap tonight's show up talking about Mike Vrabel and the odds I saw on Mike to repeat as coach of the year uh, in the Superbook Sports app, as a matter of fact, which we'll talk about right after I tell you about our friends at Superbook Sports. The question, though, that I'm going to ask you first, give me a percentage chance that Mike Vrabel wins coach of the year in back-to-back seasons. Give me the answer. We'll talk about it together. I'll give you the odds that I saw right after I tell you about the place where you can get these odds. Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the newest sportsbook app to go live in the state of Tennessee, and it's the one that I think is the best to use. Superbook Sports has a clean and easy-to-use app. The odds are available for every NFL game, so I can bet the entire season right now if I want. They will match your first bet up to $1,000, whether it wins or loses. The app, you can get it on the, uh, you can get it if you use Android, you can get it if you use Apple. It's clean, it's easy to use, and it has a lot of cool odds boosts, especially on local teams. So bring Vegas to the palm of your hand with the Superbook Sports app. For terms and conditions, go to superbook.com. Gambling problem, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789. So, Mike Vrabel, as the back-to-back coach of the year, what percentage chance do you give him? Uh, 15 to 1 is not a percentage chance, says Josh Bowman. Uh, Josh Bowman is giving me odds, but that's fine. I asked for percentages. Uh, 22.2, says Mark Jones. Dave Samsel says, no way, 5%. I am inclined to agree with you, Dave. I just think that the chances are super unlikely. Jake Barr asks a good question. When's the last time that's happened? I don't know. I Producer Reed maybe can find us the answer. It's, it would seem to, I just assume you would Google, has there ever been a back-to-back NFL coach of the year? Um, because to my knowledge, I can't think of one. I don't, I don't, th- like Bill Belichick has not won this very many times for as damn good as he has been over the course of the last 25 years of coaching. Uh, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if there has been a back-to-back coach of the year candidate. We'll see if producer Reed can come up with it. Uh, Linda says, "You know my answer, right or wrong, a hundred percent." She thinks that Mike Brable's got it. Well, Superbook Sports has Mike at thirty to one to win the coach of the year again. That's pretty good odds. I, I certainly wouldn't count him out. Uh, you know the whole. Don't count him out thing was the reason he won the coach of the year last year. So Mike's always, I think, going to be in, in the discussion of this. I think Mike is is kind of like Pete Carroll. Like, I think Mike Vrabel's going to have a really, really long and successful head coaching career, um, you know, across the course of his NFL 
uh, of his NFL coaching career. Stephen King says Joe Gibbs, 82 and 83, is the last back-to-back coach of the year. Producer Reed is giving me the thumbs up in the background. Eric Castillo says Bill Belichick wasn't good. Tom Brady made him good. That is, of course, nonsense. Uh, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Mike Vrabel as back-to-back coach of the year. I, you know, I'd put it probably less than a 5% chance. It's just such a, you know, if in, in any of these awards, like if you said pick player or coach X versus the field, I'm always going to get a better percentage chance with the field. But, you know, I mean, Mike, Mike has a lot of ability, and he's certainly shown it throughout the course of his first four years as the Titans head coach. I don't like to look back at last year, but... 12 and 5, number one seed, first time for this franchise since 2008, using a record 91 different players, most ever in a non strike season. Uh, as Nashville president of the local chapter here, I present to you on behalf of the Pro Football Writers Association the NFL 21 NFL Coach of the Year. Thank you, Teresa. You're welcome. <laughs> you guys can clap. Put your phones down and clap. <laughs> for you, Teresa. Thank you, Teresa. Can you hold it up for a second? I can't break it. It's good. So that is Mike. Uh, we su- we surprised him. Teresa brought his. So that's the PFWA. Our, it's like our writers union. Pro Football Writers of America. Uh, that, so that. So he won the, NF, the, like the NFL Coach of the Year. He won the AP Coach of the Year. I think like Fox Sports did like a poll and he won Coach of the Year. And then the Pro Football Writers, our Writers Union, voted Mike Coach of the Year. So Teresa brought his award and said, uh, you know, we're going to surprise him after the press conference. Don't let him get out of here. And so, you know, if he had been in a shitty mood, it would have gone really poorly. I don't think he, <laughs> there was, <laughs> in fact, it may have been, it may have been comedically better other than him telling us all to put down our phones and clap. I don't know if he was telling us to clap for him or to clap for Teresa. Uh, I kind of hope that he was telling us to clap for him because that makes it funnier. But I think that uh, I think that yeah, there is uh, there is a there was potential for that to go really really poorly based on some of the Mike Vrabel press conference that does that I have experienced in my lifetime. But you know, luckily for uh, for Teresa and everybody involved, that went pretty smooth. That's going to do it for us tonight. Radio show uh, is not a training camp tomorrow. Titans decided they're just going to do a walkthrough. They're not practicing tomorrow. They're going to take it easy on everybody's bodies. Um, So we will be in studio. We are going to talk some balls tomorrow on the radio show while that's going on. Uh, Wednesday, we're back out there for joint practices against the Cardinals. So that will be great. Radio show at 10 tomorrow. If I don't catch you then. Check out uh, A to Z Sports Prime Time tomorrow night. We'll be right back with you at about 8 p.m. Central Time. Have a great rest of your evening.